Hey, this is Mike Boddington. You're listening to the Core Life Training. What is it? Core Life Training Podcast. Of course it is. With Jeff Olson. What's up, my friends? It's Jeff with the Core Life Training Podcast, where we dig into the Bible, we get down with some killer tunes, we cool out with a tasty drink of choice. I want to welcome you to episode number eight. In this episode, we have a question from my oldest daughter, Riley, that comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 34 and 35, and her question is, what is up with Paul saying that women are supposed to keep silent in the churches, that they're not even permitted to speak? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to take a crack at that one here in just a little bit. This week's Metal Madness is from Sergeant Thunderhoof. They're a band from Bath in the UK. They just put out a brand new record called Terra Solis, and it's pretty awesome. I love these guys, and I'm super stoked to share them with you here in a bit. This episode's drink of choice is Old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout from North Coast Brewing, one of my all-time favorite Russian Imperial Stouts. All right, I got to be honest here. The podcast has been on a little bit of a hiatus over the last several weeks. And there's actually a legit and good reason for it. I've been a little bit busy on a side project that I'm working on. My best friend Lenny Martin and I are about to plant a church here in Gresham called G-Town Church. And I've been busy with all of the opening details that you have to take care of. All of the website stuff and all of the legal stuff with the state and the federal government. And all the bank account stuff and all of the details that you got to get together if you're going to plant a church. That stuff is all done. And now we can get on with the fun stuff, which is casting vision for a new church here in our town, reaching out to people, meeting people who either are like mature believers who need to use their gifts and help get a new church started in our town, or people that just need a place to belong. They don't fit at their church or maybe are returning to church or really have never been to church, but they need a place to belong, a place to be loved, and a place to study the word. So we're super excited to get that stuff rolling at this point. Uh, But all that stuff has kind of kept me from the podcast. I'm glad to get back to it. And uh, as I said, we're going to be dealing with a question about women in the church. And I've gotten actually a half a dozen questions about women in the church, about gender, probably more like closer to a dozen, really. And it's making me think that this might be the first in a series of podcast episodes where we deal with the questions that are related to women, the church, gender issues, uh, the role of men and women and all like that. Uh, maybe we'll start with uh, a little bit of theology of gender and then move through the questions. But I am, I am going to take this particular question first, since it does come from my daughter, Riley, and uh, she's been waiting on, on the answer to this one. And uh, maybe maybe you have too as well. All right, so let's get started. Why don't you grab a Bible, grab a notebook, and you grab your drink of choice, and let's get down to business. All right, so my daughter Riley had a required theology class or a required Bible class at the university where she goes to school. And I'm going to leave the universities and name out because I'm going to make fun of this class here for a little bit. And this class was taught by a gal who was clearly not interested in the text of Scripture as it stands. And the class basically boiled down to a why you should never actually believe what the Bible says class like all year long. So Riley kept coming home to me with questions from this class, uh, questions that the prof brought up. And I had a great, great time with it. Uh, a lot of fun just interacting with those, with those thoughts and helping her think through the scriptures. And one of them that she came home with came from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 34 and 35. I'll just read the text. And you can see why this might be a problem for a young woman like my daughter, Riley. And if you're a guy, this should maybe cause you some trouble as well, given some other things that the Apostle Paul says. 
So let me just read the text. 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35. The women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they're to subject themselves just as the law also says. If they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it's improper for a woman to speak in church. Okay, so Riley's prof at school used this passage to highlight how misogynistic the Bible is, uh, how the Apostle Paul hated women, how anybody that would teach this kind of thing hates women, and you really shouldn't believe not only this passage, but the rest of the Bible as well. So she used it for a whole other set of purposes and wasn't at all interested in answering the question, what is up with this passage? When you're teaching why you don't have to believe or why you shouldn't believe the Bible, you never have to answer these questions. You just get to ask them and say, see, there's a problem in the Bible. But as a Bible teacher, I actually have the responsibility of explaining the text and answering the question, what is going on here? So let me start out by just pointing out a couple of things. Aside from how potentially offensive this could be to women, uh, I'll show you why it actually isn't here in a little bit. The passage really does contradict some other things that the Apostle Paul says. So if you have your Bible, you can look back in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 5, where Paul says, Every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head, for she is one and the same as the woman whose head is shaved. And then if you look down in verse 13, Paul says, Judge for yourself, is it proper for a woman to pray with her head uncovered? Now, 1 Corinthians 11 brings up several questions about women praying and prophesying and what is a head covering. Lots of other questions which are for a whole other episode. But one thing Paul is taking for granted in 1 Corinthians 11 is that women are praying and they are prophesying and they're doing it in church and they're doing it out loud, right? And the question in 1 Corinthians is how should they do that honorably and with order? So Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, let two or three prophets speak and let others pass judgment. This has to do with orderliness and honor and properness in how it happens, Right. So what Paul is taking for granted in 1 Corinthians 11 is that women are talking out loud. They're praying, prophesying out loud in church. So that's a contradiction with 1 Corinthians 14, where he seems to say they should be silent in the church. It's also a contradiction with Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20, where Paul says, Don't get drunk with wine, for that's dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then if you look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So both in Ephesians and in Colossians, Paul imagines a church service where all kinds of people are talking a lot, right? Singing, talking with each other, encouraging one another, sharing with each other, like, and there's no gender restriction. There's no gender distinction. It's all about one another. And there's certainly no silence of women in Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3. So 1 Corinthians 14, if Paul is saying that women are to be silent in the churches, contradicts what he says in 1 Corinthians 11, what he says in Ephesians 5, what he says in Colossians 3. So right away, when I see a contradiction like that, I immediately say, say something's fishy. Uh, in, in this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, right? So let me explain what's actually going on here in the text, right? Paul isn't contradicting himself. Let me explain what's happening in 1 Corinthians 14. The key to understanding 1 Corinthians chapter 14 uh, is all the way back in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And let me explain uh, what I mean here. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Paul says, now, uh, Paul says to the Corinthians, now concerning the things about which you wrote. So Paul is responding to 
issues that the Corinthians wrote to him about. So if that's true, I should be looking through the book of Corinthians and I should be looking for their issues, the things that they wrote to him about. And I should also be looking for Paul's response to them. So one example is right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Concerning the things about which you wrote, and now I would put little quotation marks right here, quoting the Corinthians. It's good for a man not to touch a woman, end quote. He's quoting them. So they wrote him, right? They're, they're getting super spiritual. If you want to be really spiritual and godly, you don't even touch a woman, right? We want to avoid sexual immorality. Don't even touch a woman. That's their point of view. Now, it's interesting, just like a couple of chapters earlier, there's a guy who's sleeping with like his stepmom or his mom or some crazy thing like that. So apparently they're cool with that. But there's some in the church of Corinth who want to be hyper spiritual. So you can't even touch a woman. So that's their issue. Now look at Paul's response to them in verse two of chapter seven. Oh yeah, but because of immoralities, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. And the husband must fulfill his duty to his wife. That is his sexual duty. Amen. Hallelujah. And likewise, also the wife to her husband. Guys, never ever quote 1 Corinthians 7, 3 to your wife and tell her she's got a duty. No, just never do it. That'll never go good for you. And then after this in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul goes on to talk all kinds of stuff about how men and women ought to relate to each other sexually, right? So they bring up an issue. They give their point of view. Paul responds back to them and then goes on to correct them and teach them and explain things to them. Same thing happens in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. And this has to do with things sacrificed to idols. He says, now concerning the things sacrificed to idols, now he's going to quote them. We know that we all have knowledge, end quote. So the Corinthians think they're pretty smart. They think they got this dialed. Paul, thanks very much. We know what we're doing as it relates to things that are sacrificed to idols. What's Paul's response? Oh yeah, your knowledge makes you arrogant. Knowledge makes arrogant, but love edifies. And then what comes after that then is Paul's response to them, his teaching on what it means to eat meat that is sacrificed to idols, how you should, or if you should, or if you shouldn't. So you see how that works. Paul brings up their issue, quotes them, and then uh, responds to them, corrects them, and teaches them about how things actually ought to be. Now let's bring that perspective over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, right? We've already shown that that's what Paul is doing. Now let's bring it over to 1 Corinthians 14. So in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. And starting in verse 20, he's talking about how uh, the church ought to use these gifts and gifts like tongues and prophecy, uh, which are more helpful for believers or unbelievers. Um, and when he comes to verse 26, he says, what's the outcome then, brothers, when you assemble each one as a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation? And his point is, let all things be done for edification, right? Whatever you're doing, all of these spiritual gifts should be used for the building up of the church. Give some instructions about prophecy or speaking in tongues, two or three at the most. Somebody should interpret. Uh, verse 29, two or three prophets speak, others pass judgment. And then if you come down to uh, verse 31, you can all prophesy one by one. Again, doing this in order so that all might learn and all might be exhorted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. You don't get a word of prophecy and stand up and just freak out. Like just sit there and wait your turn. It'll be fine because God is not a God of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Now he's going to quote them, but wait a minute. The women are to keep silent in the churches. Now I'm going to assume Paul doesn't say that. That can't be Paul. We've already shown that would be an absolute contradiction of what he's already said just in first Corinthians 11, let alone Ephesians five or Colossians three. So I'm immediately go, wait a second. He already told women how to pray and prophesy in church. Now he's telling them to be silent. Now that's him quoting them. 
The women are to keep silent in the churches, for they're not permitted to speak, but they're to subject themselves just as the law also says. Now, here's another clue that this can't be the Apostle Paul. You can search the law and whatever law you want to search. You can search Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You can search Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings. I mean, you can keep searching and you will never find a commandment from the Lord saying women must be silent in the church. This is their point of view. This is their law. This is their tradition that they're working from. Uh, Again, quoting them, verse 35, if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it's improper for a woman to speak in church. Here's Paul's response to them in verse 36. Was it from you that the word of God first went forth? What are you talking about a law for? As if you're the ones that are writing God's laws here. Or has it come to you only? Verse 37. If anybody thinks he's a prophet or spiritual, if anybody thinks he knows the law of God and can be telling women how it's supposed to be in the church, let them recognize that the things which I write to you are actually the Lord's commandment. If anyone doesn't recognize this, he isn't recognized. So Paul comes over the top and says, listen, you think you're spiritual, you think you're a prophet, you think you have the law of God on your side here, but you don't. And y'all need to recognize that what I'm writing is actually the command of the Lord. And it's not to be silent in the church. That's your law. That's your word. So if you look at verses 34 and 35 as Paul quoting them and raising their issue, and then verses 36 to 38 is Paul's rebuke of them. They've got it wrong and Paul's correcting them. Then all of a sudden, Everything that Paul says about women in the church makes good sense. He's not telling them to be silent. That's their tradition. He's correcting that. What Paul says about how women should speak in church can be found in 1 Corinthians 11, which we'll have to raise some of those questions and deal with them later. Uh, you can look in first in Ephesians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 3. Uh, Paul has women speaking lots in church, no problem at all. And 1 Corinthians 14 is no contradiction of that. The Corinthians are contradicting Paul's teaching on women in the church, and he's correcting them. All right, dig it, man. I hope that's helpful for you as you think about 1 Corinthians 14, as you think about what Paul says in relationship to women in speaking in the church. And we're going to go into lots of other questions related to women in the church, gender roles, and all those kinds of things, because I just have a ton of them backlogged and ready to roll. All right, man. So let's get to this episode's metal moment, right? And this one comes from Sergeant Thunderhoof. And I found these guys through the Electric Beard of Doom podcast just a couple years ago, I think. By the way, are you listening to the Electric Beard of Doom podcast? If you are not listening to the Electric Beard of Doom podcast, you should be listening to the Electric Beard of Doom podcast. I'm going to leave a link to that podcast in the show notes. But that's where I found Sergeant Thunderhoof. Uh, This band is heavy. They have great riffs. It's a little bit atmospheric, uh, if, if that's the right word. I think you'll hear what I'm talking about when you hear it. The vocals are killer, they're clean, and and pretty awesome, and, and you'll see what I mean about that as well. Uh, they just put out a new record called Terra Solus, and it's killer. And this track that I'm going to play for you is called Reptilian Woman. It comes from Ride of the Hoof, which was put out in 2015, and the riff to this song is just killer. I just totally dig this riff. It's totally killer. So grab your drink of choice, kick back, and crank this one up. <laughs>
leave a link to their band camp and you should go there. You should buy their music, buy their merch and get down with it, man. It's good stuff. All right, dig it. This episode's drink of choice has been Old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout from North Coast Brewing. This is one of my go-to Russian Imperial Stouts. It's got great flavor. It's not super duper thick, which I love those kind of stouts too. Believe me, like if it's like motor oil stout, I love that as well. Uh, this one is not super thick that way, um, but it's got great flavor, great mouthfeel. And one of the crazy things about this is it's super affordable in a 22-ounce bottle. Um, some Imperial Stouts are starting to get really expensive in a 22-ounce bottle. This one has maintained like a real reasonable price. So I love this one. If you're into this kind of thing, you should definitely check this one out if you haven't. If you have and you love it too, you should grab another one. And you can always come by the Hoppy Brewer in downtown Gresham and catch me there. And we could split a bottle together if you like. I'd love that. All right, that's it for this episode. Be sure to check out the Core Life Training Facebook page where you can find information on upcoming classes, both live and online, new podcast episodes, and keep up to speed with everything that we're doing. If you like your updates in your inbox, go to corelifetraining.org and sign up for the email list. I will not spam you. I won't sell your information just give you updates and information on all, on all the things related to core life training. And if you're interested and you want to know a little bit more about G town church, the church that my friend Lenny Martin and I are going to be planting here in Gresham, you can go to gtownchurch.com and you can get the vibe and the flavor and the feel and a little bit of the vision for what we want to be doing here in Gresham. All right. Thanks for checking this episode out. My name is Jeff Olson. I teach the Bible and I will check you later. Later.